Welcome to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Your host is Ellen Morano. Today, along with her guest experts and co-hosts, Ellen will help contribute to your better life. This is done through the art and science of being happy. You can attract whatever you want in your life by having the right energy. By clearing your energy body, you help your physical body to better health. You'll learn breathing techniques, self-healing, meditation, and learn exercises that you can use today to help your own path to a better life. Now, here is Ellen Morano. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our 24th episode. We have Dr. Stephen Parks here as a guest. She is the medical director of the emergency department of St. Margaret's Hospital, Spring Valley, Illinois, since 2011. So he has a vast information of from medicine to beyond medicine. That's why we're interested to hear about his story. So welcome, Dr. Parks. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Good. Thank you for your time. So can you share your story? Like, why did you go beyond the four walls of the hospital? You're learning about more psychology, how to make the patient more receptive or beyond. Oh, let's see. Um, I could spend a lot of time in there. Briefly, um, it really started, so I work in the emergency department. So generally, I'm seeing patients who have um, pretty emergent and serious conditions. And um, all my training had prepared me well for that piece, for the medical care specifically for those situations. Um, So uh, I was trained specifically to do emergency medicine. And once I got into it, I realized in the emergency department, there are so many more things than broken bones and car accidents and gunshot wounds and that sorts of thing. Um, And so I slowly started to see that that sort of thinking, uh, what I'll refer to as traditional allopathic uh, Western medicine thinking, um, was really good for those short-term problems, but sometimes the more complex, long-term chronic problems uh, that patients have and suffer with, I wasn't so greatly trained at. So there was a little frustration that brewed in me early in my career. Um, you know, I, we, we have most of us in the health professions and the, we go in to try and help people. And when there's situations where we feel like we're not fully helping, um, I felt like there was a little bit of a, uh, a shortcoming. So inside of that, I decided to um, try and fix some of the things I thought I thought were wrong. And I did that by starting a company of emergency room doctors and ran a group of physicians, about 40 other docs for six, seven years. And that led me to um, needing to learn more about business and how in the business world of things, you can't truly provide value on a system level until you understand business. Uh, And then in business school, I learned how so important uh, emotional intelligence and relating to people and communication was um, to lead people. Uh, And so in short, that led me to public health. and, And I studied that additionally for some time, and that's led me all the way back around now to um, taking some of these lessons I've learned along the way through through business and public health and coaching um, to bring it back to my patients. And I found that I can relate in new ways to patients I was never really formally taught in medical school. Um, and so essentially, what I'd be able to, able to do is be who my patients need more than what they come and show up for in the main main complaint they come to the emergency department with. So if, I'll give you an example. Um, someone may come to the emergency department saying, I have stomach ache. Mm-hmm. And that is where the focus is consciously. Um, and so we, we go through and we do the things that traditional Western medicine has been taught to look at. We do blood work and sometimes we do pictures and x-rays and CAT scans. Um, but often there's something behind where that pain is coming from. And that mm-hmm. could be could be psychology, that could be diet-based, um, that could be certain energies um, that most of us aren't naturally conscious to. And so that's really been the whole path for me to come and find and respect that there's so much that we don't know. Um, we like to think we know things, and yet we forget the respect for all that we don't know because we now live in a society and an age that uh, we can find whatever we want uh, at the tip of a Google search. So um, that's really from that context and that respect is how I fell into pranic healing. And it's resonated with me so, so very much, particularly because of my interest in um, neuroscience and psychology. Uh, I see so much in play behind 
um, how pranic healing works and why it's so effective and why it's so complementary to, to traditional Western medicine. That's really amazing. You, you mentioned about coaching also physicians. Yes. I remember like years ago, I developed a, what fear was that when you're scared seeing person who is wearing a scrub or a white robe? Oh yeah, white, white coat syndrome. Your blood oh, white coat syndrome, <laughs> yeah. White coat syndrome because I, you know, the body had history of asthma. I researched it, I studied, and when I learned pranic healing, so I tried to compare. So I tried to tell the doctor, tell the doctor, no, according to my research, I cannot take that medication because it might trigger because I haven't had episode for a long time. Yeah. And no, 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 you don't have history of asthma. And they insist. And so it develops some anxiety and fear like, should I trust these doctors now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I heard from other people, they also have the same like white coat syndrome. I said, well, I'm not alone. But anyway, so regarding pranic healing, so yeah. you mentioned about have stomach pain. So do you find it associated to their emotions? Absolutely. Uh, you know, everything we do and exist is connected to our emotions, whether we're conscious of that or not. And um, it's interesting how much more science has come out lately, um, really the last 15 years, supporting this idea that the underlying emotion and particularly the underlying state of our bodies, the state and the emotion of our physical body influences so much of our own wellness or lack of wellness. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, um, yeah, the power of state um, means so much um, for you know, many, many people understand, okay, uh, I, and I have a certain level of understanding of what it means state. Um, we can all relate to um, being in a certain situation where we have excitement or we have maybe depression or we have just calmness. Um, these are all different states of the body, but they're very physical in the nervous system and in the human body. And it's not just what we consciously notice. There's a subconscious piece that, that reverberates through all of our cells in our body. Uh, and so we're, we're only beginning to acknowledge how powerful that is um, and how we can actually use our conscious awareness of that to control that and therefore get at deeper levels of wellness and deeper levels of healing. That's amazing because you mentioned that even as any emotion could affect biologically, right? Absolutely. It could create a chemical reaction in the brain. Absolutely. Here's a good example. There was a study done where um, I could, uh, essentially they took people who were depressed, clinically depressed, mm -hmm. uh, and they split the group into two. One group they gave the traditional treatment of, here, take this pill. Uh, it was the standard treatment um, at the time. This is about, I want to say, 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the other group, they basically mm -hmm. had them come in and forced them to smile, put their shoulders back, and put their heads up for 15 minutes. And they did that once a week for four weeks. That was the only treatment. They followed both groups six months out, and they found that the smiling head shoulders back group was as healed if not more, slightly more actually, than the, the pill group. So this is the power of um, state, simply moving your body in a particular position. Even if you feel like you're faking it, the body doesn't always know that. And forcing a smile is why it's so powerful. It penetrates through your whole being. And those, those effects last far longer than the few minutes that we think that we're doing them. Uh, yeah, I saw that in the video that he said just even f faking your smile he yeah. said even i don't know if it's like proven that even botox could help depression because your mm -hmm. frown muscles has been frozen <laughs> i love that i love that story that's right <laughs> fake it till you make it. it it does work yeah so yeah it, it hurt it i mean it won't hurt because so i you said it's more lasting than, you know, medication. You have to take it like a certain period of time, right? Um, yeah, that was one particular study that just the point was that it, the, the effects were far longer lasting than, than just, you know, those four weeks. It lasted six months later and these people were far happier than their initial depressed states. Um, so, yeah, the, the power of state to affect our emotional well-being and our psychological well-being uh, is profound. It it can change the way that our brains are wired, and not just our brains, but our whole nervous system. And it changes the way our cells communicate. 
when we're when we're in a happy, emotionally open, um, relaxed state, healing in all of our cells is profoundly more effective than when we're stressed, when we're anxious and nervous. And this just is because of how we evolved as as humans. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, our bodies were built to flee the, the tiger that was about to eat us. And yeah. that system of stress and anxiety is designed to make us run away from the tiger that might happen once every several days or a few weeks. We live in a society and a culture, especially if you watch the news regularly, where we're bombarded with images that, that keep that chronic state going, um, sometimes do throughout all our waking days and waking hours. So, um, and it comes in so many forms. It comes in the foods that we eat. It comes in um, the culture and the collective um, pessimism that is in society. And thus, um, when we understand this better, we have an opportunity then to intervene. And one-on-one, as, as healers and as people always needing to be healed, uh, our clients, um, when we understand this, we have much more empowerment to be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to turn on the evening news because it's going to make me sicker. Mm-hmm. It's going to make me sadder. Um, and, oh, by the way, I can smile even if I don't feel like it because I'm tired or I'm exhausted. I can smile to someone else who needs it. And in doing so, it heals heals parts of myself. That's amazing. I also heard, I mean, in the videos, everything psychological is biological. Mm-hmm. Yes. it's it's That's a statement that... Um, if you had told me that coming out of medical school, I, uh-huh. I would not have understood deeply. And I can say now, having practiced medicine for the last decade and a half, mm-hmm. it's one of the most powerful statements in who I personally am as a healer and, and mm-hmm. how I get satisfaction out of really feeling other people heal, not just for the moment, but more lasting. And so if you can make an adjustment in psychology, an adjustment in your lens of how you view the world or or to look and notice a belief you maybe didn't realize you had that was harming you, when you've made a shift in psychology, that carries with you a very long time for a very profound way. And how we change our thinking, um, you mentioned earlier how um, white coat syndrome is a very real thing. The idea is when um, a doctor who's wearing a white coat walks into a clinic office and sees a patient, that patient's blood pressure will go up. But it also works the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. And what they found is um, when when doctors believe in the treatment and the patients trust their doctor, it's more important than the drug that they're prescribing. It's the belief and connection with the healer that that has as profound effect as the chemistry we're trying to, to treat patients with in, in Western medicine. So it's, it's again, the power of belief um, turns into yeah. physical reality. Because it changes what your cells do, it changes the frequency of your cells, it changes um, whether they're spending time on healing and restoring and regenerating, or if they're they're stressing out, getting ready for the next tiger, tiger attack. That's really right. Like when you say, if the doctors are confident, like that's why when you told, when I learned, you said you're doing um, coaching to the doctors, I said like, whoa, that will make the heart chakra of doctors bigger, yeah. and they will be more friendly and accommodating. And yes. so the interconnectedness part of it, so you already radiate that kind of love, of concern to the patient. That's why it relaxes the patient. Is that right? It's, it's a million percent right. There was, um, I, I left this, conveniently left this out of my story. When I went through, probably about six, seven years ago, I went through a very profound burnout where I was exhausted. And oh. you know, my heart wanted to heal. It wanted to help other people so badly, but I was so exhausted um, and burned out. And, mm-hmm. um, it was, a, it was such a conflict and I would go into rooms and, and I could, I noticed on one level, you know, I wasn't being as effective as I had been before. And so learning how to bring myself out of that burnout and, and develop these skills in myself, uh, you know, at the time I would have said it, you know, to spend time on myself felt selfish. Um, mm-hmm. and it was such a paradox. It was such an irony. And, um, one of probably the most profound things I learned in business school was week one when they said, you know what, if you want to help other people and you want to be a leader, um, and we're all leaders in our lives in some mm-hmm. level, it, unless you are completely locked in a room and don't look at the outside world or have any <laughs> any relationships, we're all leaders to others, to our kids, to our spouses, our friends, our family, mm-hmm. um, our work. 
Um, if you want to really be a great leader, you have to be able to say no and take time for yourself because if you don't do that, you won't be able to give at the highest level. And so when that shift happened, um, then I was able to go and, and show up for patients um, in, in a much more energized, a much more um, serving role where I wasn't burnt out or exhausted. That's amazing. Okay, so like in pranic healing, there's a simple technique, just cut a cord, right? That's right. That's <laughs> so important. <laughs> yeah. So it's, how does cutting cord help you tremendously? It's so it, it, generally, you know, we're, we have to work on ourselves and keep ourselves and our energy and our frequency elevated. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. As we walk into a room, we're especially, you know, in, in, in my work in an emergency department or even working with other doctors, coaching physicians, um, generally there's a desire to, to increase one's state, um, whether it's there's an illness or a specific diagnosis or problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes doing that day in and day out as a healer. Um, that can bring you down. And so simply cutting those cords uh, is a, a mental note and an energetic note that says, nope, I'm separated and I'm regenerated on my own um, energetic organism and, and I need that in order to serve the next person. Very uh, nice explanation. So we'll have a short break and we'll be back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Okay, we're back with Dr. Park. Sorry to cut off on your conversation earlier. So about cutting cords. So just by separating yourself, like you have a breathing space, right? Yes. Yep. Any any interaction with, with a patient or a client, um, there's communication, there's back and forth. And even if it's um, a verbal, you know, there's constant back and forth energy connections that are being made. And um, even if, I'll give an example, I'm, I would potentially walk in a room and another doctor's already with the patient. Um, just being in that in that room in that auric field, there's a transference of energy and there's a connection that's being developed. And so, oh, yeah. it's so important to um, acknowledge that that needs to be cut and demarcated for the good of being able to go on and, and heal someone else. Um, it's so easy to reconnect that cord. That's you know you walk back in the room and it's immediately there. But by cutting that cord, you you separate yourself so you can go on and, and really be fully present, fully there for the next 
person, next patient, or whoever's whoever's needing you. Yeah, but it benefits both, right? The patient and the doctor. Definitely. And even the healer, it benefits. Cutting cords benefits both because they can also be regenerating their own energy rather than being sucking one's energy. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. And and there are times where you know we can cut cords, but there's also times when um, someone will potentially reach out and and drain you, and you maybe have to be more overt. Um, you know, of course, in a loving way, but overt and making very clear this is uh, this is the limit, and um, and and that's really it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, talking about the uh, um, the system of the body. So the nervous system is really very very important in one's healing, right? Oh, it's it's incredibly important how. Um, the mind and the brain and the nervous system, how they're all dynamically interconnected. Um, we can now see that you can think a thought and within five to 10 seconds, we see that there's a shift in the hormone content in the bloodstream that quickly. It changes insulin levels, it changes sugar levels, it changes metabolism of your cells. Um, and I could go on and on about all the different things that happen, but you're absolutely right. The, the connection between the mind and the body is incredibly profound, um, particularly in the setting of healing. And so this gets back to why psychology is important and why uh, keeping our own psychology and our own energy states um, through the mind is, is and really where it starts. Um, you know, the simple act of cutting a cord, it starts in the mind and the memory of needing to cut the cord. And then you do that. And then there's an energetic effect of that. Uh, and then that has effects. Similarly, in the in the body and the mind, when we have a conscious knowing, uh, and we change our state, for example, mm-hmm. and I, I talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, state is formed by um, your focus, your physiology, so how your body is positioned and oriented, and also your language. So being very mindful of your focus, your language, and your physiology at the same time that creates a state, and that state is known throughout your entire body because of the nervous system as, as the connecting portion of that. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a state of uh, overjoy, what your legs are doing in your muscles is different than if you're in a state of, of depression and there's everything in between. And there's um, it's, it relays into healing, particularly as pranic healers um, and as, as clients going through the healing process. Yeah, that's why in, in uh, Grandmaster's teaching, you should not heal when you're upset. You should not heal when you're emotionally unstable, right? Absolutely. Because it's transference of energy. I think transference of energy is not that, not just the healing, but even just connecting or something thought about you. Please, Dr. Parks, heal me of this. Just automatically the core just, you know, yes. they can anchor. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, West, this is this is one of the you know present limitations of Western medicines is that there has to be physical contact, either through touch or procedure or drug, in order for healing to occur. And and it's such a limiting belief for medicine and for for Western trained allopathic physicians. And this is why pranic healing is so wise in its understanding, mm-hmm. and even with the idea of remote healing, um, how. You can be in, in a different space and still transfer that through intention, healing energies. Um, maybe this, I'll, I'll tell a quick story about uh, how I was first introduced to this, and it's such yeah. a profound experience. Um, so this is I was probably this is probably a decade ago. I was a fairly young physician at that time, um, and I had a, a couple in their 30s um, in a pretty bad car accident, and. Uh, the mm-hmm. wife had her seatbelt on. The husband did not have a seatbelt on. And so he was um, ejected from the car when it hit a tree. And he went about 40 feet. And he actually, you know, was okay. And he was awake, awake at the time, came into the emergency department, uh, awake and talking. And, you know, something in my mind, I didn't know what it was. Someone told me something wasn't right. So we sent him over for a, a CAT scan, which is a, a detailed set of x-rays of the head all the way down to the to the to the feet mm-hmm. and he went off and I went to see the wife and the wife said was she was so frazzled tell me he's going to be okay and uh you know I reassured her and then I was called over because her husband's heart had stopped you know very unexpectedly and we were working on him for 
oh, about 45 to 50 minutes, his heart had completely stopped and we were doing CPR and giving drugs and blood and everything that I was ever trained to do came out in that moment. And finally, the realization was, you know, this has been too long. I don't, he's just probably not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and got at that point, his parents were there and I brought his parents back and his heart for 45, 50 minutes had no electrical activity, no beat. And the moment his parents entered the room, they actually didn't speak. They didn't make a noise. They entered the room and came within about five feet. And immediately his heart started beating again. I couldn't explain that at the time. It made no sense. All I knew is to me, it was a miracle. And it's the power of presence and connectedness, particularly through deep, caring, loving relationship. Um, is beyond our our present understanding. Um, And that's just one example of of just the power of connection, and and particularly in a healing modality. So um, when we talk about remote healing and healing through pranic healing without physical touch, what we think is physical touch, there's there's connection even without what we think is a requirement of physical touch. And it it absolutely works, and and we know that as pranic healers. Yeah. Amazing. The remote healing is amazing. I have a five-year-old client two years ago, five-year-old with stage four neuroblastoma. Mm. And so first few sessions before the chemo, they went to my office. I saw them um, physically. And then during the chemo, so they were in the hospital. So one night a child said, mom, I feel Ellen. Is she here? (laughs) <laughs> they all got goosebumps. Like, I cannot be there in the middle of the night. <laughs> and even with, like, really? <laughs> and also, remote healing is real-time, real-time results. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have remote clients over the phone, and they could they could actually say, wow, the pain is gone. Yeah. That's right, yeah. It, it's, uh, and it, what's interesting, we, we won't get into this, but um, there's new science coming out through quantum mechanics and, and quantum theory that uh, is starting to open the door at scientific acceptance of these phenomena. They're still not well understood, but um, there's an acknowledgement that when you get really down to the nitty gritty of what's out there in science, science uh-huh. can't explain certain phenomena. And it's really related to this interconnectedness of everyone and everything. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's profound. It's um, I won't get too technical beyond it, but um, I'll just say that it's 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 proven that there's connectedness beyond speed of light. Uh, that's how interconnected we are. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think the yesterday's episode she was also talking about etheric link interconnectedness. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's amazing. Yesterday we were talking about it. Now we were getting deeper on the science of it. That's amazing. You know, I like you mentioned about when I asked you about the nervous system, about mm-hmm. the hormones. Yeah. So in the video, I saw like nervous system directs the endocrine glands and directs the nervous system. That's amazing. That's right. It's it, so um, to, to, for people who maybe don't understand the limbic system or, or the hormone system, uh, yes. essentially a hormone is a, is a chemical released usually through the bloodstream. Um, uh-huh. The pituitary gland is the classic example that many people have heard of. The pituitary gland will release a hormone. That hormone goes through the bloodstream, and it will reach many, many cells at the other end of the body. Um, the adrenal gland is another great example. You, everyone knows you, you get adrenaline release, mm-hmm. and your heart rate speeds up, and your, your body clenches down, and there's a different state. So that's the limbic and hormone system, but the interaction of the limbic and the hormone system with the nervous system certainly happens in the brain, uh, at least as we understand, and it goes vice versa. Um, you know, when you smile, you're causing your, your muscles in your face to change. That sends a nervous system signal to the brain. The brain then interacts with the limbic system, which releases, I'll just say, happy hormones. So you get more dopamine release. And so, and when you do that, the rest of the body can relax. And so we, what's, what's so amazing still to me is how what we experience day to day as our lives and what's reality is really just not even 5% of the mind. 95% is completely subconscious. And it's, it's the gift of all these things happening under our awareness constantly. I mean, the gift of our own heart to be beating so many million times without us even thinking about it, even before, you know, we had consciousness as a very, very young child born, our heart had its own intelligence. 
uh, and it's connected through everything else in our body, through the nervous system and the hormone system, and and probably through energetic interconnectedness that we're again we're only just starting to understand. I like that explanation. That's a very good explanation. Now relating to that again, hormone, endocrine, and the limbic system. You know, people on on menopausal stage, and and related to the psychology again, like. Mm-hmm. People at the age of 50, 55, even 45, they have in their mind that, oh, they're menopausal, little little irritability, they equate it to menopausal stage, that they will get hot flash. So they're attracting it, right? Yeah, there's there's the power of expectation. Um, <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, it, when you it, it really expect something, then you do bring it to fruition in some ways. Um, and... I'm trying to think of a good example here. Um, you know, so the menopause is a great example. Another example I'll mm-hmm. say is, okay, think of, um, and everyone can do this on who's listening in. Good, think good. of a, a person that maybe you work with that you really look up to that you have the greatest respect for. And imagine they do something, um, something wrong. They, they screwed up at something. Uh, or they show up and they're they're kind of in a bad mood. You know, what do you say about that person? You, you know, the mind is expecting them to be good, and you have a respect for them. So you say, well, they're just having a bad day. Um, and yet, if there's someone that maybe you don't have that level of rapport with, um, or someone who has a track record of maybe not doing doing so well, um, when they screw something up, and we all do that, um, the brain says, look, I knew it. They do this all the time. You know, and we interpret things completely differently based on our expectations. And yet, it's not just, it doesn't just end there. Within, based on that expectation and how we interpret, we interact completely differently with those two people. And so there's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy based on our expectations. So the key point for all of us is to be insightful to ourselves and notice when we're doing that. We're interpreting all the time and so much of it is automatic. So if we see an expectation that is going forward, the first step is if you notice it, then there's an opportunity to change. So with menopause, noticing, okay, do I really know what's going to happen with menopause? Menopause for everyone is very different, potentially. Yeah. Uh, Not everyone gets hot flashes. Not everyone has a one-month or five-year experience. It's extremely variable person to person. So we can shape our expectations, and we, in doing so, shape our expectations and shape the reality we experience. That's really true because I always see clients under menopausal, on the stage, approaching, and hot flash and everything. My body is also in premenopausal. I really declared I will not have that symptoms. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, is it like automatic for them, like an autopilot? Once uh-huh. I reach this stage, I will have this premenopausal, premenopausal issues. From, I think for after a few clients, I really declared I'll use complementary, I use essential oils, I use, mm-hmm. I use pranic healing, and I will not experience, this body will not experience that thing. That's right. And thank God, so far everything is good. It, so, yeah, and from that state, you, you think of these other things that can mitigate that one response. And, and another example, you know, with the menopause is you can look at it as, for many, menopause, a symptom of menopause as a hot flash could be a reminder that, oh, I'm getting old. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, and then you get that, oh, I'm getting old feeling. And, and, and what if, I mean, you can get playful with this. What if it was a reminder every time you got a hot flash that you are, you are evolving and maturing in your wisdom and the truly wise person remembers how to be playful. They're not so in their own identity that they can't be playful or that they're getting old. Instead, they have wisdom where they can say, oh, that's a reminder for me to get playful. If you do that and change that meaning and, and use it as a prompt to, to change your behavior, the whole game changes and you can make up the rules. That's the beauty of it. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah, to all the listeners, you know, take the advice of Dr. Parks. Change your psychology, change your thinking. It's a thought form, like in pranic healing, mm-hmm. you're creating your own thought form. So better think about the positive one rather than the negative one. That's right. So, yeah, okay, we'll have a short break. And Dr. Parks will tell about the benefits of meditation. Mm-hmm. 
opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. For women who have problems conceiving, all too often it can be a heartbreak, expensive treatments that don't work, and a lot of dashed hope. It doesn't have to be this way if you just know when. Join host Helen Denise as she shares stories of success from women who never thought they could have a baby, yet used amazing products and techniques to achieve such success. Every woman of every age and lifestyle should tune in to know when. Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Okay, we're back. So, Dr. Parks, can you share to us about the alpha, beta, theta, the brain waves? I always hear that, but it would be good to hear from you. Sure, yeah. So, um, essentially, this was found on uh, EEG testing. You don't have to remember this word. Um, uh, EEG stands for electroencephalogram. It just means that you know you see in the movies where they plug in you know all those electrodes to people's scalps into their brain. Um, we can get a, a glimpse into what the brain is doing, and what we found is in certain states the brain has specific brain waves. Um, and so this is highly related to meditation because what we find is um, certain brain waves are predominant during meditative states. So um, most of us are walking around day to day right now listening to this, you're processing language and uh, your brain wave is in a state called beta. So um, I like to make this easier by, by remembering the term bat D. So beta is first and that's your awake state. Um, a little bit deeper from that is kind of a relaxed state, which is more of an alpha state. Um, uh, and without kind of showing you graphically what they look like, um, as you go from beta, which is kind of very jagged and zigzaggy, there's a lot, of, a lot more chaos going on. As you get to alpha, things are a little more calm and relaxed. Um, and then if you get one step deeper into theta, this is more of the deep meditative state. Um, and this is a generally um, slower state. Um, and when we practice meditation on a regular basis, we find that people even during their wakeful times spend less time in beta and more time in alpha. And what this means is when the brain is more relaxed, it's less stressed, it's less um, focused in its alertness. What I mean by that is when it's less focused, the there is a diffuse awareness instead of a focused awareness. And so uh, things in our brain such as creativity, things in our brain such as um, happiness and love have more room to predominate. So we found that in people who meditate regularly, this is why the um, regular practice in your meditation is so critically important, um, actually change their brainwave states throughout the daytime when they're awake. Um, they also, we also find that when there's a stressful event um, and things shoot right into stressful beta, the brain is much better at getting back down to that relaxed state. And so not only do you get back to relaxed state better, your entire body and your nervous system, which is connected to your brain, 
is also in a relaxed state. So your cells in your body, even the cell at the tip of your pinky toe is connected through the nervous system. And what we find is that there is an underlying vibration that will change uh, through all the cells of the body. Um, so that's the idea between beta, alpha, theta, that, and I won't go into to delta and gamma, but um, the idea is they get you can get deeper and deeper. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's kind of the broad map of what brain waves are. Um, there's also this phenomenon called coherence that I'd like to talk about. Coherence yeah. is incredibly powerful, and if if you could think of um, I think it may be synchronized swimming since we hit the Olympics not too long ago. Um, when the swimmers are coordinated perfectly, um, it is far more powerful an experience. And your brain, when more and more of the cells in the brain are coherent, that means that their rhythms are matched up and they're totally in sync. Um, and we find that when there's more coherence in the brain, those brainwave states are far more powerful. Um, and when your brainwave states are more powerful, the ability for that energy to penetrate all the cells of your body is far more profound and more powerful. Similarly, uh, this is this blew me away the first time I heard this. Um, mm-hmm. They found that if you have, um, actually, I, I got to credit. This is Dr. Joe Dispenza who did some of the uh, pioneering work here. Um, that when you get a group of people together who are meditating, particularly let's say three very experienced meditators and someone who has not meditated very much, that simply being near people who are experienced at meditating, somehow it causes that person who's not experienced to go into the deeper meditative states far more quickly. Uh, and if you've meditated in a group before, uh, we've many, of, many who have have experienced how much more powerful those meditations can be simply because you're with other people. And the idea being is that there is a connectedness, and when people are in proximity to each other and going into the deeper brainwave states, mm-hmm. it's not only is the experience of the meditation more profound and more deep, it's more coherent. And in more coherent meditation, your, your brain is actually learning how to do that better and more easily. So this is why um, when uh, Grandmaster and, and, and all the masters have said, when you meditate on full moon or with others and in a group it you get the benefits of meditating on your own sometimes for several months every day so it's it's incredibly powerful and incredibly healing to the body as well um so yeah yeah does that make sense yes the teacher said if you if there's at least seven people meditating you have an equivalent downpour of divine energy for a hundred people meditating yes Yes. Yeah. And, and, and then, this, can you imagine? Okay, go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say that's um, that's 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 divine wisdom, and, and science is only now starting to catch up to that wisdom. <laughs> so, but yeah. we're seeing. Can you imagine? <laughs> right. Remember when you were meditating with Masako at Tony Robbins? That's like more than five thousand people. Oh gosh! Uh, in, incredible! Absolutely incredible! And and. It was was phenomenal and, and fascinating to me. Was probably eighty to ninety percent of that room does not meditate or has not meditated before or does not do so on a regular basis. Uh, and um, I think Master Ko would um, uh, agree. I can't speak for him, but the coherence in that room when people are meditating profoundly and in, in those deep states. Um, I was at an event where uh, recently where I was the one serving, so I was I was not meditating. I was making sure my my team was cared for uh you could feel it in your body it was almost like there was a a certain light all in that room and you could just you could feel it with your body it was i could not describe it um and do it justice wow that's amazing so you have any experience with your patient like i mean i know dr dispensa mentioned that in three succession of meditation and Society just drop down. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's there's times where um, maybe this this would be a good quick story. Um, uh, so someone had come into the emergency department just extremely just in the midst of a panic attack, but also very angry and just in a very very um, non empowering state to put it lightly. And so there were three nurses and three techs, you know, 
trying to keep this person safe on the bed because they were lashing out and trying to fight. And um, I had done my meditation that morning, and I, I'll never forget, I walked into the room, and it, was, it wasn't me thinking I should do this. It was just a, a deep intuition and guidance. I just walked into the room. I just opened my heart for love for this person to realize that for them to be acting this way must have come from a lot of pain and a lot of prior experience. And I just sat down in the corner of the room it was about 20 to 25 seconds, and they had been fighting with this person for about 10 minutes, 20, 25 seconds, where they just stopped and just took a deep breath and just sat down. And everyone was like, what just happened? I didn't say a word. I just sat there and brought presence and love. And that, I think, was somehow through the power of coherence. And it had to do something, I think, because I had meditated earlier and I was tapped into that and I could bring that in myself and therefore connect to, to someone else who really needed it at the time. So, and that's, that's a kind of more dramatic example, but, um, even on a, on a patient to patient basis, um, far less dramatic situations, um, you can walk into a room and you know how your presence can really be needed and, and you can feel the love of someone as they walk in and to be able to give that on a regular basis is helps everybody. It really does. Cause you, we don't even have a concept of how far that goes when someone comes in and ask us for help where they go off then next to interact with so many other people and their family and their friends and that gets passed on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of ripple effects. Yes, ripple effect. That's really nice. That's why the pranic healing and grandmaster's teaching, spiritual practice is really important because you can go beyond. That's why people just sitting beside you, you feel like, oh, you're so loving. I feel good when I'm beside you, you know, That's right. although there's a chord accompanied with that, but it's different feeling, you know, when you be able to help people even at that level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, and people, people crave that help in this world. And this is why this work is so critical and important. It's, and why it's so important for us to, to feed our, our souls because the more we do that, we exponentially have so much more to give. So we yeah, grow in order to give. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, channel. So we cannot give what we don't have. That's why we have pranic healers or any form of healing modalities. Healers needs really to equip themselves with the right energy. Otherwise, they get burnt, like you know most yeah. doctors do. Those who had who hasn't experienced or known about cutting cords or meditating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so, meditating is like your regenerating tool, right? It really is. Yeah, it's it's um, I, the gift of centeredness um, is a gift we can give ourselves through meditating, and that's just one of the many gifts um, that we get out of it. And and when you have that centeredness, and you know in your core who you are, and you can get back to that at any time, then it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You know. Things just don't phase you, and you can be that source of calm and that that deeper source of 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 love and healing and power in, in other people's lives because the world craves it. That's why all of us are in such an important mission. If you're listening to this radio message, you're listening with purpose and with some divine guidance, and, and um, hopefully, everything that we do is we're growing and learning ourselves. We can pass on and. and eventually help with the paradigm shift in humanity because it's it's very needed yes that's amazing so do you uh, do you have any experience with the meditation in twin hearts how does the energy flow rather than you ex- do you experience also like the just the zen just like sitting down for me it's when i'm in doing the twin hearts um, and everyone's experience certainly can be different for me it um, I'm, I'm someone you may not know um, speaking to me now. Uh, Ten years ago, I was a robot. I operated 99.9% out of my analytical left brain head. <laughs> I was, I, I, if you asked me, I said I was stoicism himself, had no um, emotions. And so um, I'm still constantly and always working on opening my heart. And so for me, that's what uh, Twin Hearts does is it, it is further practice it. At opening my heart and expanding my heart and um, I, I've always loved giving but I wouldn't do it through experiencing my own heart and so by being able to to heal others through my heart rather than my head that's what twin hearts 
really does for me. There's certainly a component of Zen through there, um, but um, yeah, it's it's me getting connected um, more coherently, more in tune to to the love. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I really was the Doctor Dispenser's story about how meditation has helped them, help has helped their clients or patients. Mm-hmm. Even just meditation, that was amazing. Yes. That's why the teacher said, if you do Twin Hearts meditation every day for three months, there's short version, there's long version, mm-hmm. and it just, like, remove any baggages that, you know, negative energies that we've been holding on. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If I wish were, I would have... Uh-huh. I would say, if there were to be one change that that would transform the western medical system it would be to to bring back that that centeredness in all the providers and meditation is everything that i've seen and and looked for my entire life meditation does that better than anything else so yeah yeah, if if we could get providers more and more providers to to meditate on a regular basis um, the, the whole world would shift and change so us doing that is a piece of that that's amazing too. So we're approaching to our final, the time of the episode. So it, what advice can you give to our listeners? Mm. Always stay humble. And we're all on path to, to contribute and heal others. Um, part of that is healing ourselves, not on a side job, but healing ourselves first. We have to, we have to always fill ourselves up or we won't have enough to grow ourselves and to give more. So mm-hmm. if there's a little birdie in the head that says, I, I'm going to put myself second or third or last um, because it feels selfish, tell that birdie that you need to talk and never be ashamed. you got to feel fill yourself up first, love yourself, meditate, and then go out and, and continue the work. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Parks. Thank you, Ellen. And thank you for your time. It's it's a very, very great topic. I wish we could have more time, more episodes for this. And I love the doctor, the story of Dr. Dispensa, which I wanted to expound more, maybe in the next episode, Sounds about good. the the state, brainwave state of meditation. So to all the listeners, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Parks. And see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Please join your host, Ellen Morano, and her panel of guest experts again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a positive week.